0: Hey friends, I have a different episode for you today. I had Sam Weekland on, and she is someone who reached out to me and she has a really interesting story, and that is why I brought her on the podcast. But I wanted to essentially just warn everyone that this story is kind of extreme. And so I don't want this to be an episode where you're looking for, you know, extreme problems in your own health or have you think that i'm saying like wow this really applies to everyone it absolutely doesn't but what i loved about her story is that she tirelessly advocated for herself and continued to look for answers until she got them and without you know going on too many rabbit trails i think that this is a really important factor in today's healthcare world And I just wanted to share her story because she has overcome so much and worked really hard to do so. And she needed both, um, natural and traditional medicine to recover. And I think that just kind of giving yourself perspective sometimes in your healing journey is really helpful. And I also just thought that essentially the advocacy that Sam was able to do for herself. She was able to advocate for herself well, even in the midst of not feeling good was something that needed to be shared. So I hope you enjoy. And I hope you also don't go digging for, you know, crazy health diagnosis for yourself. If that's not where you are. Welcome to the happily hormonal podcast. Now, if you're a little iffy on whether or not the word hormonal is a good one, then you are in the right place. If you would love to have lasting energy, balanced hormones, and better periods, and you find yourself spending all of your precious time after the kids go to bed researching what to eat, what supplements to take, how to exercise, and you feel overwhelmed by all the info out there, then I've got you. I'm Alicia Drews, registered nurse and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner plus mama of three little ones. And I know that hormone balance doesn't have to be hard. I'll help you balance your hormones without perfection with simple steps that actually work for busy mamas so you can feel good inside and out and be present, joyful, and confident in the beautiful life you're already living. If you're in for happy hormones, taking messy action and seeing results without perfection, then put your hair in that mom bun, grab your toddler the seventh snack of the day and grab yourself a bone broth hot chocolate so we can do this. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Sam Weekland with me, and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode than I've done before because Sam reached out to me and was telling me a little bit of her story. And I thought that it was really interesting and could also be very empowering to hear how she has overcome a lot of things with her health and advocated for herself. So Sam, welcome. Thank you for coming and chatting with us. And I'd love for you to just start, just tell us a little bit of the fun details about yourself, your family, where you live, like that kind of stuff. And then we'll dive into your story.
1: Thanks for having me. Let's see, I am 30 years old. I have been married for almost a year now. My husband got married last March in the Florida Keys. Oh, that's um, a great place to get married. Yeah, it was really fun. We just moved to Colorado about three months ago, which has been a really fun adventure. So just getting back to the mountains and exploring and all that kind of stuff. Let's see, besides that, I was a teacher for about six years up until recently, like when my health took a turn
0: and moving and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, a little bit about me. Okay, fun. Yeah, it sounds like you have had some cool places Mm -hmm. to live with Colorado too. So, okay, so let's just dive into your story. So Just start at the beginning and tell us, when did you start to notice things were off? We can start with those symptoms and then go from there.
1: Yeah. So it all actually starts back in like 2017. Growing up, I had always been like a chubby kid, just didn't care about like nutrition, working out, just could care less. So in 2017, I finally took it upon myself to lose weight, work out, teach myself how to eat well, all that kind of stuff. And that just changed my life. I had lost about 50 pounds and I was just feeling so good. I was full of energy. I was sleeping well. It just was such a 180 in my life and I had just never felt better. So fast forward to 2021. I started gaining weight back and at first it was like 10 pounds and I was like okay like I had just got over like being really sick I had met my now husband so like we were going out eating out more that kind of thing so I was like 10 pounds whatever like life happens and my scale just kept going up and up and I was still working out like four to five days a week I was eating well at the time I was teaching health and PE so I was like getting in my 10,000 steps a day, like just doing all the right things. And that scale just kept going up. So that was my first big red flag. And I had gained about 50 pounds in eight months. Yeah. And just was at now my heaviest weight ever. And besides that, I was sleeping just horrible sleep, like waking up for hours in the middle of the night. I was getting like random bruising all over my body, migraines for the first time in my life. and just this like heavy depression that I had never felt before. Like it was just miserable. And I just felt so trapped in my own body. And it's hard to explain, but it was just such like an out-of-body experience. And I was so just disconnected from myself. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of
0: how it started and you know how it went. So yeah. So tell me, as you started to notice the weight gain, as you started to notice the migraines, did you go to your doctor right away? Did you look for help right away? Or like, how long did it take you to wonder what was going on?
1: So probably like three months into it, because like I said, at first I was like, okay, 10 pounds, whatever. And then 20 pounds, I was like, hmm, okay. By the time I got like to 30 pounds, I was like, something is off. So I actually started my OBGYN and I just went to her and I was like, I don't feel good. I've gained this weight back. I'm not a professional by any means, but I had done it in the past, just like losing that weight. I was still doing all of those things. And I just told her, I was like, I feel very off and I'll never forget how she looked at me just like I was crazy. And she was like, are you sure you're doing all of that? And I was like, yes, like I'm doing all of the right things. And So I forget what I said to her, but I said something that just made it like click inside of her mind that some testing should be done. So she did a blood test and then a test for PCOS. Everything came back normal and that was it for her. She was like, you're fine. Just keep doing what you're doing I just knew my gut that something was wrong. So that was the start of my doctor journey and the story for the next two years. Every doctor just told me I was fine all of my tests came back normal and I was just losing my mind over this. Like I just knew something was
0: wrong. So I just kept going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you were just noticing like continuing to feel worse, continuing to gain more weight, not feeling like yourself. And how many different doctors did you go to before someone was able to help you find an answer? Hey friends, sorry to interrupt, but I have something new and free for you. So it's going to be worth it. I just created a private pod course that is going to teach you all about how to actually balance your blood sugar for happier hormones and more stable moods and energy. And I'm giving away the first two episodes completely free. All you have to do is sign up and grab those and you will have complete access right away. Your link is in the show notes and I will see you in there.
1: Yeah. So I went to seven different doctors and that was in two different states. And just OBGYN, naturopath, functional medicine, my PCP, just a little bit of everything. And finally got referred to an endocrinologist. And that's where testing took off, but that was only because I asked for the testing. She was about to send me out the door telling me I was normal too. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think one thing that is interesting about your story, and I think this is like very common is as women, when we have something going on, we're most likely to go to our OB doctor. I feel like, which is so interesting because they do have such a specific I was going to say specific licensure. That's not true. Like they they have a medical doctor or, or a DO like everyone else, but they, they have a very focused range that they work in. And so like they work in female hormones, reproduction, birth. That's what they work in all the time. And yet we almost use them as like a PCP a lot of times because it's like, oh, okay, well, especially for healthy women, that's the only doctor we have. We're like, oh, I don't have a primary. Like I just have an OB. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's just an interesting concept that our OBs need to be almost like a primary care or especially just know like when to refer. Yeah, But so much of the time it is that, okay, all my boxes are checked and that's it. Yeah, and at the time I didn't have a PCP.
1: I just had my OB and I just didn't know where else to start. So that was why I just called and I was like, I don't know if this is in like her realm of practice, but I just need to see someone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you eventually, after a long time, got an endocrinologist. And at that point, I'm sure you had been doing a decent amount of research. So what led you to ask for specific testing?
1: Yeah. So at some point I just took this all upon myself and I was like, I need to figure this out because no one is going to help me. And so I just started following, like, every health influencer on Instagram, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, just doing whatever I could to figure it out. So at some point, I had come across an NTP on Instagram. She ran an HTMA test for me, and that was the only test that ever gave me, like, some sort of insight as to what was going on. And then we came across accounts like yours that were like talking all about hormones and stress management and cortisol, like all that kind of stuff. And I had looked up cortisol and I was wow, like I match a lot of these symptoms. Mm-hmm. Maybe something is with cortisol. And I had asked three doctors to run just like a cortisol blood test. They all said, no, that cortisol would have nothing to do with this. And it was when I got to the endocrinologist, she was like, well, let's just run your blood one more time. And I was like, okay, can you run cortisol too? And she was the one who finally said yes. And that's what got this ball rolling. So after that first test, which I come back abnormal, I had to do four additional cortisol tests, I think. And Mm -hmm. every single one came back
0: abnormal. Okay. Yeah. And were your numbers like, very far out of range? Some of them were. And some, the first
1: blood test was just a little bit out of range, but it still got marked as high. And so she was like, let's do another one and see how that looks. And that one was pretty high. And yeah, they all came back out of range. Okay.
0: I do want to get into like where you went from there. But first, I just, I wanted to ask you, do you remember with your HTMA test, what kind of triggered something for them to be like, okay, something's off here when... yeah. So I'm looking at it now. I had three things circled. So it was my
1: calcium and potassium range that came back high, and then the sodium, magnesium, and the calcium magnesium. So all of those ratios okay. came back high, which is adrenals, blood sugar, and the thyroid. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, I like thought something was off with my thyroid, but all of those tests came back normal. My blood sugar. I was like doing everything to support my blood sugar because I had a feeling that was off, and then. I didn't know much about adrenals until this test. And after that, I started looking up like adrenal fatigue. And that was another thing where I was like, wow, I match all of these symptoms, but the HTMA Mm -hmm. test just showed that all of those were struggling and Mm -hmm. they just needed some support. So that was the only test I ever had that I was like, something is off. And now looking back, like all of this relates to what I eventually got diagnosed with. So it's just mm-hmm. crazy
0: to look back and it see that. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Because I do run HTMA tests and I would say it's pretty typical for those things to be off. Not that it's good that so many of yeah. those results are off, but like most of the time in women who are stressed and their hormones are off and they haven't really been eating enough sure. and like those type of things or getting the right nutrients. Like we will yeah. see those things off. So I think that's just yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. And I will say too, like with this, I never guessed it was going to end in surgery. So I had looked at this and I was doing every single thing mm-hmm. to find the root cause and support that and support my blood sugar and all the things. Yeah. And when none of that was working, that's when I was like, okay, something is really off. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So after you got the abnormal cortisol back from your endocrinologist, then what happened?
1: Yeah, so that took about four to five tests. And then she sent me for an MRI. And I remember going in that morning, and half of me was like, Gosh, I hope nothing comes back. And half of me was like, I hope they find something because then I have an answer. Mm-hmm. And so I went in the MRI machine for almost an hour and about Three hours later, the results were uploaded to my portal and I could see that they had found like a growth on the pituitary gland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was it. They found a tumor
0: that was right on my pituitary gland. Mm -hmm. And then was it immediate surgery or did they push it off a little bit?
1: No. So I got referred to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and I went up there, gosh, probably about like Three weeks later, just took a little time to get in with their endocrinologist. And I had been told that I would go up there, have surgery, stay for a few days. So we had packed our bags like all ready for surgery. I got there and they were like, We want to rerun all of your tests. And I was oh, like, wow. Oh, my gosh. So I stayed up there for about three days, redoing all of my tests. They all came back high again. But at this point, they had sent me home. And just told me like, let's wait and we'll see you in a few weeks. So went back home, had a couple like Zoom meetings with the endocrinologist and then the neurosurgeon and my endocrinologist, she had told me that they thought it was Cushing's disease, but that Cushing's is a very hard disease to diagnose. And so she was like, I'm pretty sure that's what it is but not a hundred percent. It's up to you if you want to go into surgery or not. And at this time, I was like so exhausted from this whole journey that I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to decide if I want brain surgery or not. Like how am I supposed to decide that? So I had a meeting with a neurosurgeon and he was a lot more confident after seeing the MRIs. That's what it was. So we scheduled surgery for December 7th. So I'm about nine weeks post-op now, but Yeah, yeah, brain surgery.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure I can only imagine that was very stressful and scary. I'm curious how your journey has been after, if you've noticed like immediate results or if it's been more of a slow journey.
1: Yeah, definitely more of a slow journey. They told me that recovery from brain surgery would be not too bad. They actually went up through my nose instead of having to like go through my skull. So that was a plus. But they told me that recovery from Cushing's would be intense. So basically, my body was used to so much cortisol that after surgery, those levels crashed, which was pretty rough. It was just like a really bad flu. And so I am on a steroid right now for cortisol. So I've been on that for the last nine weeks. And each week, I lower my dosage a little bit. And the hope is that my pituitary and adrenal glands will kick back in and produce normal amounts of cortisol. I will say, like, this last week has definitely been my best yet. Like, my energy's back. I can smell and taste again. I'm sleeping pretty good, all of that. But there's still a few things that probably will just need time to recover and everything. So,
0: yeah. So, I'm curious since you told me you're wanting to get certified as an NTP, I'm sure you're really working on things like. On your side as well, like taking the steroid and doing what your doctors have said since you just had brain surgery, obviously that's very important. But I'm curious what you're doing to support your adrenal glands, to support your body in recovering that's out of what they not necessarily against what they recommend, but just in addition to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Recovering has definitely been humbling for me because I think I'm just such a go person that like now having to sit back and just heal has been good for me. But With that, I'm trying still really hard to manage my stress levels because my body still is just used to so much cortisol that sometimes I still do just feel those symptoms. And they actually provide me with this meditation device. So it's this like headband looking thing that I wear and it reads like your brain signals and all of that. But they wanted me to meditate for 10 minutes a day. So I do that. I'm trying to wake up and watch the sunrise going like a sunset walk, just help my circadian rhythm, trying to take like baths and read and just really focus on like supporting my nervous system and just managing those stress levels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that all of those things are going to make a huge difference. But has there been anything along this journey as you've been learning about cortisol and obviously with a pituitary tumor, for those who don't know, that changes the way your body is producing many hormones. The pituitary gland is like the master gland for hormones. So if there is a tumor, there's something causing dysfunction in the pituitary gland, the downside of that, big downside of that, is that you can be doing all the right things. And I absolutely believe that it helps, that your symptoms were probably better because of that. But if your brain is not able to send the right signaling for these hormones, then Cushing's disease is indicative or like high cortisol is a part of Cushing's disease. And so then you're still going to have that high cortisol, even if you are doing the right things and maybe you Mm -hmm. could like slightly impact it, but you're going to still see that those levels are not going to completely even out without doing something about the tumor. So I'm just curious though, even in the midst of all that, was there anything that you learned that really could still help you feel better? or help with your stress levels, cortisol levels in the midst of that process. Because I'm sure like that only made your cortisol levels worse when you're like, oh, cool. I have all these things going on and I have to have brain surgery.
1: Yeah, totally. And it was like, like I said, during this, like I was just trying to do every single thing I could think of. Like Everything from like my red light to acupuncture to a castor oil pack, just mm-hmm. everything. And at the end of the day, there's nothing that I could have done that would have made my cortisol levels come down. Like you right. said, like the pituitary gland was just running everything. But I think with all of that, that was like a good lesson for me now going forward to like support. My stress in the future. And hopefully, my glands will kick back in, will be producing normal amounts of
0: cortisol, but I'll still have these tools that help me manage that. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you're producing normal amounts of cortisol, the signaling from your brain to your body is regulated by signals that are coming in externally about your stress right. or even right. internally and from your brain. So, yeah. and you know, do have a I lot think- of influence.
1: Yeah, I think I've always just had stress. Everybody does. But if there's anything that I've learned from this, it's definitely that like cortisol and stress can just wreck your body. And if you're not taking care of those things, it's just such a root cause for so
0: many symptoms with or without a brain tumor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And interestingly enough, that same pituitary gland that is regulating your cortisol and sending signals from your brain to your adrenal glands is also sending signals from your brain to your ovaries. And so sex hormones are going to be very much affected by what your cortisol yeah. is doing too. So it'll be interesting to see how your other hormones do reintegrating.
1: Yeah, it definitely will. And I will say that I just have felt like other very low libido and things like that. I never lost like my cycle. Um, was so that's about never that. affected. Yeah, but that is a huge like symptom of this. And one of the first questions every doctor asked me, and I never did. And they had told me that was a good sign, like moving forward if I do want kids that can bring difficulty to in the future and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, just, it will be interesting to see what happens if these glands kick back in
0: and hopefully I'll just feel better all around. So yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you're definitely on the right track. So the last thing that I wanted to ask you is just like in all of this, right? I think that you have a perspective, like so many of us do who are like, okay, but now I want to help people with what I've learned. What would you say to someone who's like struggling with their health, not getting answers? Like, how would you encourage them to advocate for themselves? Or like, where did you find the energy and strength to do that in the midst of feeling so bad?
1: Yeah. I look back and I'm like, holy cow, like, how did I keep going? And we had just moved. We were planning a wedding, just so many big life events. Mm Mm-hmm that I don't truly, I don't know where that strength came from. I just knew that I couldn't live the rest of my life like this. And there were nights, and this kind of sounds crazy, but I would just stand like looking in the mirror and just be like, who am I? Like, where did I go? But just was such an out-of-body experience, but I just knew that I just refused to accept that this was just going to be the rest of my life. And I'll always give credit to 17 me who lost that weight and took on a healthy lifestyle because if I hadn't known how good I felt then, I wouldn't have known how bad I felt later. Yeah. And so I always say that. I'm like, it's so important to have a healthy lifestyle because that saved me. And I think it can just save so many other people. And like you said, just starting with that root cause and trying everything. And if that doesn't work, doctors, there's a time and a place for doctors. And I'm really lucky that now I have a really great team of doctors. So it's not during this, I was like, I'm never going to a doctor again. Like I hate them. Like I, I don't, they were, they ended up being very helpful, but I just, I tell people that too. I felt it so deep, like in my bones that something was wrong. And I think a lot of the time, especially females, like we feel something in our gut and we just brush it off. And I've done that so many other times in my life. But with this, I just felt it. And I just followed that until I had an answer. And if I had just stopped after my first doctor told me that everything was normal, I don't know what the rest of my life would have looked like. And this whole time it was causing like some brain damage, wasting away of muscles. Like it really was just wrecking my body. And yeah, just, I think you have to follow your gut. And if one doctor tells you, no, then you go to the next doctor. And yeah, I think it's
0: important to do your own research and just have that walking into appointments. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, we talked about this, Sam, at the beginning, before we started recording this episode, I'm not giving you guys this episode so that you are like, oh man, I have a brain tumor. Like that is not the case for most of us. Thankfully, And I do think it's also still helpful to see that if you have that feeling in your gut and if you really are not getting answers, then it is possible and it is important to continue until you get answers. Because if there are symptoms, crazy symptoms like you were having, then there's something going on under the surface. And so that is one of the reasons that, and I'm, by the way, I'm not advocating that like I was the one to that I should have been the one to help you with the pituitary tumor because that is outside of my scope absolutely 100%. <laughs> but what you said earlier about getting the HTMA test and that was the first test that anyone was ever like, "Oh yeah, something is going on." That is what I love about the functional testing that I do is I don't get normal results back because if you have symptoms, there's something going on. And so doing the adrenal testing that I do and the Dutch testing for hormones and looking at HTMAs We're able to start working on things before they show up on typical lab testing, which is great because a lot of times symptoms show up before essentially with typical lab testing as a nurse when I worked in the hospital, we're looking for, do you need medication or do you need to be in the hospital? And if the answers are no, then you're fine. Even if you don't feel good, we don't have an answer in that case. And so I think that it's just Really great that you've been able to advocate and to this extreme that you had to, but that you have the piece of having an answer. Brain surgery is probably not the answer you were hoping for, but you've gotten through it. So I think that's really encouraging to those who are asking a lot of questions and not getting answers. Like there are answers, but you do have to push through.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you're so right with functional testing. That just it changed my whole life when that's just like a puzzle piece that probably everyone needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that it can be so helpful. So, well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Do you want to share, you can share like where anyone can find you if you want to, I know you're moving into the space of holistic health once you recover. So I'm sure people would like to follow your journey. If you want the update on is Sam feeling better, that's that's (laughs) where I'll be getting it.
1: Yeah. I'm on Instagram. It's Samantha period weekland. Okay.
0: Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. Thank okay. you so much for doing this, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Any information shared on this podcast is solely for educational purposes, is not to be taken as medical advice or to be used as a diagnosis or a treatment plan for any medical condition. I'm sharing my educated opinions and experience, but nothing shared here can be taken on a one size fits all basis. We always recommend that you do your own research, talk to your own doctors, and take full informed responsibility for any health and medical choices that you make. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you had as much fun with this episode as I did, make sure to share it with one or three of your besties and leave a rating and review so that more and more women can find this podcast and have happy hormones. And when you're ready to have pain-free periods, no more PMS and energy and capacity to live the life you really want to live. And it's time to join us and nourish your hormones. I can't wait to see you in there and help you have balanced hormones all month long. See you next time.